everyone, welcome, welcome back, back to another episode of Medical Mindfield. I'm Rachel. And I'm Shreya. I don't know about you, but I love to binge watch TV while I'm eating cookies and popcorn. But I always feel kind of guilty. Don't worry about that. Today we're going to make you feel better about yourself. Maybe some good can come out of these guilty pleasures. Of course, neither of us are of legal drinking age, but one of the top guilty pleasures to come up online was... Red, red wine. Yeah. Stay close to me. I imagine that's what some people sound like when they've had one too many glasses of red wine. Of course, too much alcohol can be very detrimental to your health, which was discovered in the last episode. Health pursuits or fake news, make sure to check it out. Red wine is actually full of antioxidants, which can keep your heart healthy and reduce the risk of certain diseases. Antioxidants sounds like a scary word, but they're actually things that reduce free radicals in the body, which is great because free radicals in large amounts can contribute to chronic or long-lasting health issues. There's also a key ingredient in red wine called resveratrol that has actually been proven to prevent blood clots in rats. Excuse me. Are you saying humans are rats, Rachel? Not quite what I meant, but maybe it's somehow good for us too. But not everyone reacts to alcohol the same, so it may not be the best indulgence for everyone. Of course, when it comes to alcohol, the NHS recommends to not exceed 14 units per week, as this can be very detrimental to your health, and so it should be definitely be enjoyed in moderation. So, on to the next guilty pleasure, dark chocolate. I love a bit of dark chocolate after dinner, and I hear it pairs nicely with some red wine. God, not this again. Dark chocolate refers only to chocolate that is 72% cocoa, so most of that good Cadbury stuff might not count. The magic ingredient, cocoa, has polyphenols, particularly flavanols, which are phytonutrients that act like antioxidants, reducing the risk of disease. According to a study in the Chemistry Central Journal, there are actually more of these phytonutrients in cocoa than in popular superfruits, such as blueberries. Chocolate is also a notorious comfort food. Whenever I'm down, I treat myself to a bit of chocolate and it always makes me feel better. Well, you're not imagining it. Chocolate actually raises serotonin levels to make you happier. But please don't replace your fruit with chocolate because each square can add up to a lot of sugar. Now for what makes me happy, my absolute ride or die. Coffee, caffeine, mocha, latte. Shreya, get me a coffee. No, I refuse to fuel this caffeine addiction. If you guys didn't know, she'll even get a cup of coffee at 2am for fun. It's not that bad. Sounds like denial. Denial is a river in Egypt. (laughs) Besides, maybe it's helping me. It certainly helps me stay awake. That's because you need to fix your sleep schedule, Rach. Actually, I'll have you know, coffee is rich in antioxidants. There's a trend here, and it could protect you against type 2 diabetes. This is because coffee contains cathestol, which can increase some people's insulin secretions. But there isn't too much research on this yet, so I still wouldn't go drinking litres of coffee. Don't look at me like that. However, the same cathestol can lead to an increase in LDL, low-density lipoprotein, which is a type of cholesterol which can be bad for you when it builds up in the body. It is also rumoured to help prevent against Alzheimer's. But there isn't any concrete evidence for that. Okay, at least if it doesn't do any of that, with my 2am coffees, I could still beat Usain Bolt in a race. 
Coffee is a popular pre-workout drink as it can enhance physical performance and cognitive function, especially in endurance athletes. You know, I think that's one win for all caffeine lovers, but you might be aiming too high with Usain Bolt's. There are still a few downsides to coffee, being the addiction, (coughs) Rachel, but also raising LDL levels. These aside, as long as it's within moderation, coffee is definitely something you shouldn't feel guilty about having. Another popular food choice is, of course, pasta. Pasta is a staple in almost all UK households and is a popular menu item in schools. The beauty of pasta can only really be experienced in Italy, but supermarket pasta is great too. According to PastaEvangelist.com, pasta has a high carbohydrate content and a low glycemic index, which encourages a slow release of energy over a couple hours. This means that you are less likely to have an energy rush followed by a crash, so you are much more consistently productive. Wait, I actually didn't even know that myself. I always thought pasta was bad for me. With the media and its dieting culture, we are often conditioned into thinking that there are certain foods which are bad and others that are good. But what we need to remember is that we should make sure to have a balanced diet with fats, carbohydrates, proteins and fibre. And so all foods have positives and negatives and should be eaten in moderation. I feel like we've used that word a lot today, moderation, but it is really key when it comes to food. It's also really easy to incorporate lots of veggies and greens into pasta, as well as proteins, which are important for muscle growth and development. Maybe next time I'll opt for some pasta. On to the next, unless you're allergic to peanuts. Peanut butter might be a great new snack. Peanuts are loaded with vitamin E, magnesium, iron, selenium and vitamin B6. It's endorsed by BBC Future too. There is well-established evidence that nuts are good for you. However, your average processed peanut butter jar might not boast the health benefits you're looking for. This is because these delicious spreads often contain trans fats, the worst dietary fat for health, vegetable oils and added sugar. In high quantities, these three things have been known to increase the risk of heart disease. And so rather than indulging in a jar of peanut butter a week, maybe swap it out for some unprocessed peanut butter every once in a while. Unprocessed peanut butter is actually really easy to make. Just roast the peanuts and grind them till they become a somewhat smooth paste. And this will be a completely guilt-free snack. But just remember that even if you buy those commercial jars of peanut butter, it doesn't mean you have to feel guilty. Just avoid eating it in excess. Popcorn, not the cinema kind, is actually high in fibre as well as being a whole grain, a food group which may reduce the risk of diabetes, heart disease and hypertension. It also contains phenolic acids, an antioxidant, no surprise there. Whole grains are known to reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes, especially true for middle-aged men and women. And due to popcorn's low glycemic index, it can help people with type 1 or type 2 diabetes improve their glucose and lipid levels. The fibre is also known to decrease the risk of cardiovascular disease as well as coronary heart disease, and it helps that all-important bowel of yours to keep moving. Keep in mind these health benefits are reduced if you add heaps of salt and butter on the top. Sorry, what is that I hear? Is that Shreya singing in the shower? Ha ha, very funny joke. But honestly, most of the time, yeah. Don't worry, I do too. As you know, we sort of sing every so often in these episodes. 
Letting go and singing in the shower lowers your stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, and it can make you feel so much better. There's nothing like a good belt in the shower to cheer up your day. Dopamine is released, bringing you a healthier version of a sugar rush. High levels of adrenaline and cortisol can also wear down your immune system and cause serious illness in your body. So singing, which can boost your immunoglobulin A levels, which makes sure your body fights off disease, can help. For those of you in choirs, a 2012 study from Sage Journals showed that it can also release endorphins, which makes you happy and can even increase your pain threshold. And of course, the obvious, it improves lung function as you gain strength in your respiratory muscles. It might even help those with hard to lose snores. It can also help people who have been struggling with speech difficulties for decades, particularly those with autism, Parkinson's disease, aphasia, following a stroke and stuttering. Singing is seeming like my best hobby right now. It has even been found to improve the memories of people with dementia as it's easier for them to remember song lyrics than words and a study from the Alzheimer's Foundation found that most participants said it was nice to remember something. But not to worry for those of you who aren't big singers, listening to music without singing along still shares some of these benefits such as reducing anxiety, increasing sleep quality and memory. So, we hope you enjoyed this spin on a typical podcast format, Guilty Pleasures. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram at Medical Mindfield so you can make Medical Mindfield your new guilty pleasure. See you next time!